and we are still uh, just honoring the spirit of Christmas and uh, considering the, the essence of Christmas um, aside from the uh, what we created as, as Eric was praying and the hustle and bustle and um, just just that that the pure scene of, of what went on in that in that time so today we're going to be in the book of Matthew, the book of Matthew in the first chapter. And I, you know, I, I'd urge you as we read it to, to um, consider it, consider it new, <laughs> consider it new. I know we've heard the Christmas story on different occasions, but let's reconsider it. Matthew chapter 1, there is a long section of genealogy uh, there between 1 and and, uh, 17. Not going to, not going to, we could read that, but I'm not going to read it this morning. Save that for your quiet time at home. But uh, I'll begin reading at verse 18. Matthew chapter 1, I'll begin reading at verse 18. It says, now the birth of Jesus Christ took place in this way. When his mother Mary had been betrothed to Joseph, before they came together, she was found to be with child from the Holy Spirit. And her husband Joseph, being a just man and unwilling to put her to shame, resolved to divorce her quickly, I mean quietly. But as he considered these things, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream, saying, Joseph, son of David, do not fear to take Mary as your wife, for that which is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. She will bear a son, and you shall call his name Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. All this took place to fulfill what the Lord had spoken by the prophet. Behold, the virgin shall conceive and bear a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which means God with us. When Joseph woke from sleep, he did as the angel of the Lord commanded him. He took his wife, but knew her not until she had given birth to a son, and he called his name Jesus. He called his name Jesus. Father, we thank you, Lord, for um, the preserving of of this precious time and and your powerful work uh, in the world. Uh, We thank you, Lord, that we can gather and celebrate it in this place. We pray to hear it with fresh ears and a fresh heart, Lord. We pray. that in the end we would glorify you even more. Uh, have your way and, and let your presence be known here in the sanctuary with us. We pray for all that are gathered, Lord. We pray for those that are absent from among us, Lord. Uh, your spirit be with them, we pray. Um, pray that the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable in your sight. Because, Lord, you're my strength and my redeemer. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. 
what's in a name? You ever hear that saying before, what's in a name? What's in a name? While I was visiting a, a Christian bookstore over in New Jersey, the woman that was running the store asked me my name and what my name meant. Um, I told her uh, what I'd always known my name to mean, Dwayne. It's, uh, it means small and dark. <laughs> That's what my name means. Uh, I was at one time. Uh, but I guess she didn't believe me because uh, uh, she insisted that the store use this card company that could find and print the meaning of my name on a card that I would be able to have. And, and so when I returned to pick up my books, uh, she proudly presented me with a card that clearly stated that my name means brave. My name means brave. <clears throat> now, I, I like that. I like how that sounds. I, and, I, and I like that. I like that to be the meaning of my name, but thank you, Jesus. It, I, I've never, I don't know where that came from. But I have the card, and it says it on the card, so I can show the card. Um, but in, times of, in, in, in the times of the scriptures, when the scriptures were written, in, names always had a meaning. Uh, sometimes <clears throat> the names were given, and it was about the character of, of the child. Uh, uh, Jacob uh, grabbing his brother, twin brother's heel in the womb, coming out, called him a heel catcher. <laughs> and Esau came out red and hairy, and they, call, they called him Esau. It means hairy. Um, uh, 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 for, for example, though, it, sometimes it, it was, the name was about the hopes of the parents. Um, uh, for example, Moses' name means uh, drawn out or to draw out. And, and Pharaoh's daughter drew Moses out of the river as a baby. And uh, God then would later use Moses to draw his people out of captivity in Egypt. Uh, there, there's sometimes in the Bible where God even tells people what a child is going to be named. Uh, he, he would sometimes use names as a sign or announcement that he was going to do amazing and supernatural things in the lives of people. And he would use the name of the child to indicate it and point it out. Um, but nothing demonstrates this better than the naming of his son. He gives instructions here clearly to Mary and Joseph, and the instructions are simply Call his name Jesus. Call his name Jesus. I like that. Uh, God's plans and purposes are all fulfilled in the name of Jesus. This book of Matthew, uh, this gospel, um, evidence here is, is laid out to demonstrate that Jesus is the long-awaited Messiah or Christ, the, the rightful anointed king from the line of David who would liberate and save his people uh, that God had appointed. Matthew wants to make that case, and Matthew begins making the point here in chapter 1 using a genealogy that demonstrates the legitimacy of Jesus 
It traces him from Abraham through David and all the way to his earthly birth. The genealogy moves through the highs and the lows of the people of Israel. It it highlights the covenant faithfulness of God, and then it carries us on to the arrival of God's promise in Jesus. In verse 16, it places Joseph, Mary, and Jesus in the full context and view of God's story and his purpose. Matthew explains in this text how the advent of Jesus fulfills God's purpose and plan. Look at verse 18. It says, now the birth of Jesus happened, it took place in this way. When his mother Mary had been betrothed to Joseph, before they came together, she was found to be with child from the Holy Spirit. And her husband Joseph, being a just man and unwilling to put her to shame, resolved to divorce her quietly. A couple of things uh, we need to know about people living in this day and in this part of the world. Uh, One is that uh, at at this time when people were betrothed or engaged to be married, they were considered already legally bound to each other. It was like they were already married. Uh, They didn't just call each other honey or sweetheart or bae or boo. They called each other husband and wife. (laughs) And the only way to get out of the engagement uh, uh, was to get a divorce. They had to have legal proceedings to get out of it. The major difference between the engaged couple and the couple after the wedding ceremony is that when they were engaged, they didn't live together. I'm going to talk slow. <laughs> uh, um, they, they, they lived separately. I mean, there was no spending the night either. Uh, um, I'm trying to get you to see what I'm saying. So, so <laughs> and this time of engagement that they had was usually a year before the actual wedding ceremony, which, which gave, it served a purpose, um, which it gave time to observe the couple's faithfulness. And not until after the wedding would they come together like a husband and wife living in the same home and sharing one bed. One other thing I have to tell you about the people in this time, don't miss this. They were people. Did you catch it? They were, they were people just like we are. Um, so, so when we read in verse 18 that Mary is found to be with child before they came together, we know that there was a problem. Uh, uh, there's no, there's no uh, Mary, did you know, playing in the background softly and snowflakes falling. No, there was a problem. Uh, it, 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 it impacted somebody. It impacted them. Uh, while, while Luke goes into detail about Mary's response to this unexpected situation, um, how she overcame her fears, and, and she even has some support from her family, uh, Matthew focuses in on 
what the experience was like for Joseph. Um, I, I don't know if men get a lot of get a lot of credit during the time of pregnancy, <laughs> but but Matthew zooms in here. Uh, these two were looking to have life together and be married like normal folks. Uh, Joseph would have made plans for that life. He would have started his preparation. He, he probably had begun to build their home. Uh, the, the men would go build a house when it was getting time for the marriage. I guess they had a year to do it, right? Um, and and he, would, he would have went and started building a home anticipating uh, the wedding banquet when he got to uh, 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 travel with his, uh, his bride, his, 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 his spouse back to his home. He would have imagined marrying Mary and starting a family together. Joseph had plans for his life with Mary. But Joseph's plans encountered a problem. There was a, there was a snag. Uh, like us, when we make plans for our lives, we, we never really include the, the pain of disappointment or betrayal. Uh, we never plan for hurt or for heartache. It, it just shows up in our plans, right? When we read verse 18, we have to read it like, like Joseph may have felt it. Uh, when his wife showed up pregnant, he didn't know what Matthew would write later. He didn't know that God had anything to do with it. All he knew was that uh, uh, he had been planning to, to marry his, his, his betrothed and that she was found to be with child before they came together. So verse 19 almost uh, is what you would expect to hear next. Joseph is looking to get a divorce, uh, to get himself away from the mess and the pain of all of his ruined plans. Besides this disappointment and pain, this whole thing was a scandal. Joseph knew how the people would respond to this situation when they started to find out. Mary had been there, and, and she had gone away for three months visiting her with her cousin Elizabeth, and she comes back, and now she's found, discovered, uh, visibly with child. Joseph knew this was a scandal. This, this, this kind of thing, it doesn't, sound, it doesn't sound too strange, though. I mean, I, I'm trying to make it sound scandalous, but in our culture today, it doesn't sound so uh, strange. Uh, you know, they make TV shows about it, you know, folks trying to find out who is the father. Y'all don't watch that kind of stuff, I know, because <laughs> you're holy. But you've probably heard someone tell you about this show. People going there with the DNA testing, and they make shows about it. Who's the daddy? Um, but remember, remember, things, things were different for them in that day. To them, this wasn't some kind of entertainment. For these uh, Jewish people, this type of scandal was about breaking God's law. Uh, and the penalty for what it seemed like Mary was guilty of, the penalty for it was death. It was a serious situation. <clears throat> but we know God chose a special type of uh, a young woman to, to bear 
this child, but he also chose a special type of man. Joseph was a different type of man. The Bible calls him just or righteous. Being just or righteous meant he directed his life according to the word of God. So he knew, he knew that God's law said if Mary was guilty of adultery, that she should be stoned to death. But being just also means knowing that God is merciful. There's a tension in righteousness. Um, instead of a, a saying in anger that, uh, oh, she gets what she deserves, Joseph was trying to find a way to end the marriage without making a scene that would lead to Mary's shame and Mary's death. Imagine how he felt. Joseph's facing a problem, but God has a plan. It, that's good to, to know when you're facing a problem that God has a plan. Listen to it. Verse 20, but as he considered these things, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream saying, Joseph, son of David, do not fear to take Mary as your wife for that which is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. She will bear a son and you shall call his name Jesus for he will save his people from their sins. Joseph was, was, was struggling, wrestling in his mind, trying to figure out how to rightly handle this situation. It seems that it, that it was even interrupting his sleep. Anyone ever have restless nights with issues going on in your mind and in your heart? That, and then just when you get settled to go to sleep, you dream. But he wasn't on his own. God was aware of his trouble, and God sends him an angel. Joseph was looking at <clears throat> what was in front of him from a natural human perspective. The angel had to come make him aware that God is involved, even in this, especially in this. God is involved. God sends him a message while he's sleeping to let him know that what he's seeing as his problem is actually a part of God's plan. Notice how uh, the message comes in his sleep. Sometimes God has to wait till we're still until, until, to, to give us an answer to our, to our problems, to, to get something in, because we're, we're busy. <laughs> um. Also, we, we find out that inside of Joseph, uh, the, a hidden part of Joseph's problem was fear. Uh, the angel had to tell him, fear not. Maybe he feared what people would think if he went on and married Mary. Uh, maybe, maybe it would put a smudge on his righteous reputation, or maybe it would reflect poorly on God. Um, and on God's name. But listen to the angel unwrap God's plan for Joseph. First, he calls him son of David, reminding him of his relationship to David and the line of David and the promises of the promises of, of God that God made concerning David and his kingdom. You're, 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 you're a part of something larger, Joseph. This isn't all. 
He then lets Joseph know that Mary hasn't been unfaithful. Oh, I wonder how that relieved Joseph. Mary hasn't been unfaithful. The Holy Spirit has caused Mary to conceive. It's, it's much bigger than your disappointment. This is a God thing that's happening. Uh, uh, Joseph, don't fear to take her. Mary will give birth to a son, and you'll take part by acknowledging who he is. Call his name Jesus. The angel directs him. The name Jesus uh, means Yahweh is salvation. Uh, the name of the Lord, the Tetragrammaton, the, 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 what, how, how the Lord revealed himself to Moses at the burning bush. Uh, Yahweh is salvation. The Lord saves Jesus, his name. The Lord saves the Lord's salvation. Jesus embodies and would embody the salvation of God's plan. This miraculous child has a purpose. Uh, uh, the, the, the first part of God's plan is to save his people from sin. It's the first, the first thing is first. Jesus' Jesus's name is what he does. Uh, he saves from sin. There's, there's nobody on earth who does not need what he came to give. So the angel says, call his name Jesus. When, he, when you look to him, when you speak to him, Jesus, salvation, God's salvation. By now, Joseph had, Joseph had to be overwhelmed. Uh, uh, he, he gets this message from God about this special son conceived in this miraculous way and, and that God wants him to stay and be involved in his plan. Well, while, while Joseph prepares himself to deal with all, of, all that's taking place, Matthew goes on uh, and gives us a, a side note, but it, it's actually more detail about this plan of God. Matthew goes on in verses 22 and 23. He says, all this took place to fulfill what the Lord has spoken by the prophet. Behold, the virgin shall conceive and bear a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel which means God with us. The angel had explained to Joseph what Jesus would do, but here Matthew lets us know who Jesus would be. For the reader to understand all that was happening, Matthew needed to point back to the book of the prophet Isaiah. And as, as amazing as it was, what we've already read, that a virgin will give birth is just as mind-blowing that God was able to announce it nearly 700 years before it happened through the prophet Isaiah. It was always in God's plan. Uh, this didn't catch God by surprise. Now, I wasn't a big history guy. I was never a big history guy in school. You know, history would kind of... My daughter's here, so I won't say I fell asleep in class. But... Uh, uh, but what I find when it comes to the scripture, looking back 
at the wonderful stuff God did in the past helps you appreciate and anticipate what he will do both now and in the future. Uh, it, it helps you to get a, a, a grasp on what he's capable of, right? In, in chapters 7 through 9 of Isaiah, we find that God had been using children and their names as special signs for people announcing the things that he was planning to do. And it was things that was cons uh, concerning both the unfaithfulness that the people had shown and the trouble that they were facing. Now, we won't read through the whole thing now. I'll let you save that for your light Christmas reading, Isaiah chapter 7 through 9. We won't do it. When you get home, uh, peruse, you know, settle into that. But here's a short version. When a group of nations had come together and planned to attack Judah, God's people in the southern kingdom, God tells their fearful king Ahaz, to ask for a sign to reassure him that God had things under control. Instead of asking God for the sign and trusting God, Ahaz decided to rely on another nation to save Judah, to save God's people. Uh, uh, God used the names of Isaiah's two sons, and I'm only going to do this once, Shir Jashub and Mahir Shalahash Bas. He let, he, he, he used Isaiah's two sons to let Ahaz know that God would swiftly handle their enemies, but he would also judge the people for their unfaithfulness. Still, even in the judgment, according to the name Shahir Jashub, he would also be merciful and he would preserve some of them. Uh, but then, here, here's, the, here's the thing. Then in the middle of this, in, in, in troubling and uncertain times and the chaos of it all, God gives hope to the people of Judah with one more message name. One more message name. And, and, and it's in Isaiah 7:14 that you heard read earlier. He gives this message that Matthew later shares in his gospel. Behold, the virgin shall conceive and bear a son and shall call his name Emmanuel. He said, behold. Behold means take your eyes off of everything else going on around you and give attention to what God is about to say and do. Behold. Behold. The virgin birth of the son called Emmanuel. In the midst of everything that's happening, God's main message to Judah in that day is that God is with them. Uh, I don't know what better message you could, you could receive. God would use that message to encourage and strengthen people uh, 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 throughout all the ages. He's with them. God is with them. God comforted and, and demonstrated that he was with them by pres preserving Judah through all of their trouble. Uh, uh, but, but there, if you look back, it's still no record of that virgin-born son, Emmanuel, 
coming into the picture. Um, he said he was with them, and he said the sign will be that the virgin will give and conceive and bear a son. But through those years, hundreds and hundreds of years, it, it, it didn't take place. Well, the, the prophet, if the prophet was found to be untruthful, the prophet would be stoned to death. And Isaiah was a true prophet of God. After hundreds of years, here, this, this family from the tribe of Judah, facing trouble and uncertain times, will take part in and experience the fulfillment of that word of God. The prophecy is being fulfilled in Mary. Uh, God was finally making his move in, in time. He was, he was going to show up and be with us. Jesus will be Emmanuel. God with us. It's who he will be. God with us. Uh, once again, to, to, to recognize the supernatural fulfillment of his word, God gives a name, and that name is Jesus. Jesus encompasses God's desire to be with us. In Jesus, God's plan is fully unwrapped to save us and to be with us. I, if I was a better preacher, I think people would have got excited about that. <laughs> Christmas morning, when you unwrap that gift and it's what you always wanted, God's plan fully unwrapped is Jesus to save us and to be with us. But now Matthew, Matthew turns back to, to um, how Joseph handled this message from God. He looks back at Joseph. He says, when Joseph woke from sleep, he did as the angel of the Lord commanded him. He took his wife, but knew her not until she had given birth to a son, and he called his name Jesus. It's not, it's not good enough to, to just hear about what God is going to do, not enough to just know that God has a plan if we want God's plan to be working in our lives and in our issues and in our everything, we need to do what Joseph does here. God trusted and instructed Joseph, and Joseph did what he was told. It sounds so simple, but this is the problem of mankind not doing what Joseph did. God said, take Mary as your wife, and Joseph took Mary as his wife. After the son was born, God's message was to call his name Jesus, and Joseph, you know what he did? Called his name Jesus. We need to notice also about Joseph that he carried out this assignment with dignity. Some people would have gone kicking and screaming, but he carried it out with dignity. Dignity, uh, uh, he maintains Mary's purity during this time. Uh, adverse circumstances don't give us the right to improvise or just do what we feel like doing. Uh, uh, some might have felt like God owed them after all of this. No. 
You won't experience the true blessing of what God has done unless you do what God has told you to do. Joseph took Mary for his wife, and when the son was born, he called his name Jesus. Christmas, this season, recognizes that God gave the world a name to call, Jesus. Uh, when, when we have that name, we have everything that we need. When we have Jesus, we have Emmanuel, we have God with us. The Bible says, and there is salvation in no, no other, no one else, for there is no other name under heaven given among men by which we must be saved. In Acts 4 12, he is our salvation. He is God with us. The Bible says he has a name that's above all names. It says, so at the name of Jesus, every knee should bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth, and every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. Call his name Jesus. And then the Lord would say himself to his disciples, this trusted and tried and true message that I will be with you always. Jesus, God's salvation, the Son, God with us. Call his name Jesus. Now, no, no birth was like this birth ever. But today, I think we should recognize that every child born has a part in God's plan, uh, a purpose and an identity that needs to be considered and discovered and lived out. I think that's part of the, the miracle and, and message of Christmas, that, 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 that children are, are important and a, and a heritage from the Lord. Um, they're gifts. Um, question we could ask is, is, does God have permission to adjust your life and your plans? <laughs> uh, can, can you be trusted with divine interruption and direction? Can you be trusted with it? You ever want to hear God laugh? Tell him what you're going to do and what you're not going to do. Can you be... I, 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 I give you I give you one just just as just a bonus. I told I told everyone I was never leaving and moving out of my house in Plymouth Meeting. Can you can you be trusted with divine interruption and direction? Can, can, does God have permission to adjust your life and your plans? Finally, the good news is that we should be ready to carry out God's plans faithfully and confidently, knowing that God is with us. God is with us. Hallelujah and amen. God is with us. Let's pray. Father, we thank you, Lord. We celebrate you. We honor you. We glorify you. We are amazed 
not only at the fact that you would be with us when we have been against you, but that you would do it in such a dramatic way, sending your son, fulfilling the prophecy, the virgin conceiving by the Holy Spirit and giving birth to Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you for allowing us to, to, uh, to hear it, to recognize it, and Father, help us to, to treasure it in our hearts, Lord. And again, not like misers, but like those that will go out and share that message that we hold like a treasure in our hearts. Thank you, Lord, for this time. Thank you for your word. Thank you for your people. Be glorified. In Jesus' name, amen.